Hey, Dan Smith here. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode of Coffee in Space where I interviewed Una McCormack about writing in different science fiction worlds and writing her own science fiction. She's written in several different Star Trek novels, set in almost all the different timelines. She's written for the Doctor Who and Firefly franchises, among others. Uh, and again, like I said, her own science fiction as well. I've got her back on today to talk about Star Trek Picard, Last Best Hope. Now that's the first novel in the Star Trek Picard line. For those of you who haven't read it, I highly recommend you go grab a copy of it, especially if you're a Star Trek Picard fan, or even for those who love the, the next generation and haven't gotten into Star Trek Picard yet. We talk on this episode about uh, the series. We talk about Jean-Luc Picard and the changes that have been made to his character. We talk about Seven of Nine and how the show looks as it makes its second season premiere in March. Uh, in the show notes is a link to the episode number to hear the first part of Una's episode. And without further ado, here's the second part of my interview with Una McCormack. So we had you on last episode to talk about uh, writing in these other franchises, uh, Star Trek in particular, but we also talked about Firefly and to a much lesser degree, uh, Doctor Who, by the way, everyone go get that episode to uh, learn more about it. It was fascinating to get to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about The Last Best Hope now for a few minutes, uh, partly because I love the book and it also feeds into something that I've been exploring this year, 2022, on this show and in my own writing about the idea of apocalypse. So I want to write a little bit about it because Star Trek Picard begins with an apocalypse, not for the Federation, uh, for the other guys or one of the mm -hmm. other guys. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about it. But first, from a writer's perspective, how did the book come about? Um, they got in touch and, and asked me, uh, the, so the guys at um, Gallery Books sort of a, a approached me and said, you know, Picard is happening. Um, we've, we've got a, a novel that we want to do to kind of run along the first season of the show. We'd really love you to do it. And, and of course, you're not going to you're not going to turn that down. It was such it was such a high profile gig um, and probably the most high profile one I've done to date. Um, so I immediately said yes. Uh, and then um, as ever, then you're sort of in a process of, uh, um, I was getting access to, uh, so you sign a non-disclosure agreement, obviously. Um, I then had access to scripts as they were being um, written and uh, rewritten. Uh, and then I uh, had a, a, a long uh, sort of development um, conversation with um, Kirsten Beyer who I'm sure people know um, started as a, as a Voyager novelist and then became a uh, co-creator of Picard. Uh, and so we sort of had a long um, uh, phone call, right, what's this book about? And we, we knew it was gonna be a prequel. It was gonna follow what happened uh, leading up to Picard's um, resignation from Starfleet. So we sort of, we, we sort of had a, lot, you know, a, a couple of hours on the phone and, and, and talked about what this book could do and, and where it could go and that sort of thing um and 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 then i i sort of wrote a, a do what you always do with these books uh you write a quite a long outline it was quite a long one for this one it was about eight thousand words um and then that that gets sent off to uh the publisher and the the, the studio production company and they kind of look through it and go well fiddle this and change that and that that's not quite how we want it and could you have a bit more of this and yeah we like that bit um and then you sort of do revisions on the outline and then you they sort of say that's great off you go write the book 
and um and and that's where we are then usually there's a you know we 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 changed a few things sort of in, in the first draft not not that much um so uh, i think we originally had uh laris and jaban in the book but but they um they decided to do a comic strip on that so we we took that out and and, and changed that slightly um yeah so uh the nice thing about novels is that you just sort of sit down and get on with them really um once you've sort of agreed what's going to go in and um I usually do a lot of I, I I do sort of my favorite bit, which is sort of structuring the uh, the content, deciding the shape the book will take. That's probably my one of my favorite things about novel writing is deciding what you know how it should be shaped. Then you have to write the thing, which costs. <laughs> oh, now, oh, now I have to write one. this wretched thing. Yeah, yeah. Now I actually um, sit down and put words on the page. Um, but it, it it was quite a fast write, as I recall. I, I think. We had quite tight. I mean, there's always a tight dead deadline on these sorts of things. I, th I think the, the other guys were kind of going, "You're going to get the, quite worried for you, you know? Are you going to be all right?" And everything. No, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Um, and it was. It was fine. So I, I really enjoy. I mean, it's it's quite a bleak book in many ways, uh, um, but um, I did enjoy writing it. Enjoyed writing it very much. Speaking of bleak, let's talk about the. Uh apocalyptic event in the book just a little bit mm -hmm. and it's it can't be a spoiler because it's already happened in the show mm -hmm. which if you haven't read the book already then you and you're familiar with the show then you already know so uh so the the apocalypse is the romulan homeworld uh is about to be engulfed by its star uh mm -hmm. it's it's things are going badly and i think one of the the themes that's interesting that you uh develop through the book or or you work with in the book whether you attended to or not um I, I i'll get your thoughts on that but there there's the two ideas the denial and action uh some people will be in denial when an apocalypse is on the horizon and some people will take action when an apocalypse is on the horizon and i think you did a really great job of weaving those two problems uh at, so for for people who haven't read it yet or actually for anyone uh the Romulan authorities stay in denial and they cover and they they work against the Federation. They don't want to admit weakness. Of course, they're Romulans. Um, uh, so there's a lot of denial and forced denial on the citizens um, through the book. And then you have action, which is the, the Federation, once it decides to get moving, you've got, of course, Picard. That's the whole point of the book, uh, mm -hmm. who, who makes all these different things happen. Uh, Jordy LaForge comes in. I really appreciate what you did with his character. Um, then you've got, uh, you know, the, the new first officer, uh, Rufi who comes in, uh, and, mm -hmm. and really is really, a uh, well, she's, she's a kick-ass type of character and, and that's, she's what, a force, isn't she? Yeah. yeah she, she gets I was stuff trying to done. think of a different word. Yeah. I don't even like using that, you know, badass kick-ass type wording because I, yeah, I don't think that really gives depth, that. but that's what she, yeah. but it is on the surface. That's what she is. And, and I know you've done some writing on her. Or you're, or you're going to do some writing on her. But um, so we've got these two different things. How did you interweave these two ideas of handling an apocalyptic event where you got deniers, uh, whether forced or just because that's the human or the, I say human condition, sentient that's what we, condition. Sentient condition. <laughs> um, so you have the denial and then you have people who take action. How'd you weave those two ideas in? Oh well, I mean, yes, it is. It is thematically, uh, obviously, what the book is about. I, it, it's strange now to think that I was. Uh, um, so this book came out in February 2020, and I was promoting it in LA. Uh, I flew out to LA, and that was sort of the last, my, my last best trip. Because <laughs> you know, as I, as I as I was flying back, where people behind me were sort of um, 
uh, getting sick and we were all going, oh, is this this funny old flu that's going around, you know? Funny how so, we were um, joking at first, right? Yeah, I was coming yeah, back yeah, from exactly. Taiwan, a business trip in Taiwan, thinking the same thing. Why are we worried about yeah. masks? This is stupid. And this I stopped crazy. thinking that pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so it's strange to think that uh, I think a lot of this book feels prescient um, in uh, in retrospect. Um, but uh, yeah, I, had, I guess the way you try and you, you you try and think there's a there's a spectrum of a, of opinion. I, there isn't really a spectrum of fact. You know, fact is <laughs> a little bit more solid and immutable than that. But there's certainly a spectrum of uh, opinion, um, and so you you try and find characters that that uh, I mean at the start you try and find characters who will who will vocalise a variety of these, but then you can't just have characters who are mouthpieces. You've got to kind of imagine their world. Um, so we have the poor scientist character um, on uh, Romulus. Um, who's absolutely caught in this um, this trade? You know, he knows he knows things are happening, but everyone around him is saying no, 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 And some people are kind of that that it. I guess uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I think um, probably don't look up. Is is touching on similar things. You know, loads of people going, oh, it's, the sky's not going to fall down. It's, you know, yeah, it's fine. I it's okay. Either, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, I I'm not sure. I have to see it. I tell you what, um, his, character, are, his character, his oh, character just, horrible, isn't it? just yeah. hurt to read about him wanting to and do they, the right thing. They convince him of the lie as well yeah. as the other thing. Uh, yeah. It's the most horrific thing, I think. They they yeah. persuade him that, horrible. you know, it's like Picard and the, the lights, isn't it? They um, they lean on him so hard that he just doubts his own reality uh, and, and falls for the big lie. Um and and I guess across this book that you know there are lots of people um, being told no you can't you can't say that truth or you mustn't behave as if that is true and that what makes this book quite hard to read I think is that ultimately Starfleets and the Federation fall into that and the truth speakers uh, 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 suffer um, and I, I think probably Raffi is the one who suffers most because people think that her truth. The truth she's talking about is is paranoia. Yeah, they they think she's they think she's lost the plot. I mean, ultimately she's vindicated, as we know in the show, but but not not without a great deal of personal harm and damage. Um, Picard comparatively gets off lightly. I think you know uh, he, he 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 can kind of go back to France and sulk. <laughs> but you know it costs him it costs him his career. Uh, you know yeah. he, he makes this. Uh, so I think what um, what makes the book quite bleak is is this: you you you're watching the Federation and Starfleet drift into this more um, ambivalent and doubtful and uh, fearful um, frame of mind. Um, I know that I know that some people watching Picard um, feel that it's straight. Uh, uh, you know that it, it's not an optimistic show. Um, I don't agree with that um i agree with them that well i think it is actually a very optimistic show i think it uh, i i think what picard intentionally is doing is is looking at utopias and saying well you know paradise is great what happens when paradise is tested um and deep space nine has gone there uh and picard quite seriously goes there as well um and it and it takes its um best, most utopian man um, after Spock, it takes Picard and says, okay, what happens when you're really tested? 
when your principles are really tested? Do you bend? Do you break? How do you come back from that? How does the Federation and Starfleet come back from that? And that I think is really truly utopian writing. Utopia is not a state, it's a process. Um, and Picard for me was absolutely concerned with that process of, of um, restating and reaffirming and rebuilding utopia. Um, rather than sitting with your fingers in your ears and going, da, 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 everything's fine. <laughs> and that's, a, <laughs> I think that's the danger when we, want, when we think of the next mm-hmm. generation, especially those of us who know a little bit of the background and the writing and, and what mm-hmm. Roddenberry's ideas were for it about conflict and interpersonal relationships and whatnot. Um, I think that it can be difficult when we see Picard in this new series and in your book, uh, having Mm -hmm. to deal with his own flaws and the flaws of the Federation. But I think that can be good. I think it's good Mm -hmm. to see what conflict, what you were talking about, where when, when our best ideals are tested, what, what are we going to do? And what is our, what are our heroes going to do? I think that's really important there. Um, and that's, that's present in TNG as well. You know, that's, that's present in the things that happened to him, um, his experiences with the Borg, his experiences with his family. Um, these are all present. The, the mistakes he makes as a young man, um, and and the ramifications that has for his for his uh, older self. These are all present in TNG, I think. Um, and of course, they're there in Deep Space Nine. I mean, Deep Space Nine is all about yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, really sort of examining the basic premises of Trek, and uh, and and seeing how well they stand up. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's there on screen in um, in the pale moonlight. So, you know, it's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right in front of it. Um, so I, yeah. and I realized I mispronounced her name earlier, Rafi uh, Musiker, uh, her personal trauma that she goes through in this mm-hmm. book uh, must've been difficult to write as her family began to unravel. Uh, and mm-hmm. as she realized that she was taking on more of uh, Starfleet's responsibility than maybe she should have had to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'll just ask, was it difficult to write? And um, as it goes into, you know, framing the trauma, like, especially as Picard goes back to her in the show and says, I still need your help. Um, was it difficult to write her the prelude that got her to that point of being so mad? Oh, it's awful. Particularly as, particularly as I was, uh, because the deadline was so tight, I was sort of spending a lot of weekends doing this. Kind of my, my little girl was going, oh, are you not with us again today, mummy? <laughs> wow oh gosh yeah I know. oh like, man wow <laughs> no i i'm busy saving romulans yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> wow so uh unfortunately it's only a, a matter of a, a a couple of weeks rather than you know um uh, an abortive five-year mission or whatever so uh, i put some of that emotion into that on a on a kind of grander scale yeah poor raffi just gets just gets stiffed I, i'm i'm not always sure how well picard treats her but uh um Clearly, they they do get on, and um, it was good to sort of show some of that. That we have to take that on on, on sort of face value when we first meet Rafi um, in the show. Um, so to be able to kind of put some of that on the page and, and show the sort of functioning of you know how well actually they worked, that it was um, worked together. That you know he picked a really good officer, really sharp officer, really competent, capable officer. Um, he wisely chose someone who wasn't someone that he'd worked with before. He sort of put drew a line under the enterprise and went new ship, new mission, new people. 
I mean, obviously get Geordie in to do the engineering bit because <laughs> don't, don't mess around there. But no Geordie's not yeah. the ship. Yeah, he's elsewhere. But yeah. the ship is new people and he draws that line and he takes on this new task. Um, and sadly, there's, uh, there's collateral damage. Yeah, and it was it was rough, uh, and I kind of actually I don't know what uh, they don't care what I think, of course, and that's okay. They shouldn't, but I do hope that they'll work with uh, Rafi's character mm. in the uh, ongoing in the future. Um, mm. uh, I, I know that the the Romulans are the shiny toy for Picard, um, but I do hope they'll develop uh, Rafi a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I know you're you're doing some stuff there too. Um, so let me ask you this question, uh, kind of one of our follow, uh, final questions here. Um, what is it like for you as an author, knowing you are creating canon that's going to be used by authors and showrunners and <laughs> producers well into the future? Oh, well, I, I never assume that what I write in the books will, will, will become canonical. I, I genuinely don't. Um, because, um, you know, the, the books are, um, the, with Star Trek, Doctor Who is, is different. Uh, with Star Trek, it, it's what's on screen, really. Um, and the, there's, you expect that the books will sort of get, uh, will get Jost, as we, as we used to call it, because, you know, you'd be writing fan fiction, Joss Whedon would write something completely differently. Um, an example of that is, you know, we've, we've had 20 years of sort of um, Star Trek novels, which, which Picard has brought to an end it completely. Um, you know, it, everything in that sort of um, book verse continuity is... Uh, is different from um, from what we see on screen now. Um, I I don't I don't worry about that either way. Um, it, it's you know if something got on screen that's that's really good fun. Um, I'm here to tell a story and and the best story that I can. And I don't worry about kind of uh, I, that's why I need someone like Dayton really. Um, I don't worry about continuity very much. I, I, in a way, I think that the strength of these stories because they are fiction. You know, they are, they are all made up. We can do whatever we like. And I think a strength of them and what, what will actually make these stories and these characters endure is having the ability to tell multiple stories. You know, we don't have one version of Robin Hood. We have several. We have all these different versions of Arthur, of Greek myths. Um, and it's, it's the retelling that gives them power, yeah? We've had Roddenberry's um, Picard. Um, we've now seen um, Michael Shabans and Kirsten Byers, yeah. We've had um, somebody's version of, Sp- I guess Spock really is the, is the one you could look to, you know, we've, um, yeah. We've, yeah. How many different shows, how many yeah. different actors now? I mean, you know, it was always Nimoy's voice. <laughs> right, yeah. I In know. my head, yeah. 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 Um, but, but there's a reason that people are drawn back to reuse these characters. They, they, they hold a power in our imagination. Um, and, you know, the, somewhere there'll always be Robin in the Greenwood. Somewhere there'll always be Kirk and Spock and Bones flying off. Yeah. And it will look differently and feel differently because other people will be telling these stories. It's like why I'm excited about um, the new um, Tolkien Amazon Prime series, you know, it, it won't be anything like how I think the second age should be. I know that because I've got very particular ideas about the second age, um, <laughs> but it's going to be someone's ideas, and it and it's the it's the uh, retelling that matters, and um, 
and, and people can find a version of those characters that, that sits with them, that resonates with them. And you never know what that's going to be. I didn't expect when I wrote a, a story about Spock that I would just become entranced with this period at the end of his life where he's on Romulus. I didn't expect that at all. I didn't think I'd find Vulcan as interesting as I thought it. I'd find it, you know, I thought, I thought I'd find it interesting. But I knew other people had done great stuff there, like Diane Twain and, you know, other, and many other people. And so I, I think it's in the retelling more than anything else. So, it, you know, it's great if something ends up on screen. I don't mind if it does, does or doesn't. What I was excited about was when they named number one Una. <laughs> now yeah. that I'll take. That I'll yeah, take. <laughs> I would take it too. Um, I tell you what, uh, it must be freeing to have the attitude that you have about it, uh, and it must take some of the pressure off of having to do everything right. First of all, someone is going to come by and make sure that you're right, but also that yeah. that you're not worried uh, um, whether it makes canon or not. I think that's it's got to be freeing for you as the author. Oh yeah, I mean you can't, uh, you know. Uh, my, my mind doesn't really even go there. I mean, yeah, sure, it'd be a lark. I mean, you know, it'd be great to get screen credit, yeah? <laughs> Though I don't, you know, probably, I don't think I'd enjoy writing in television very much. Um, but it, it makes it makes them feel like my story. You know, I, 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 I can tell you, I can tell you my Picard story. Um, and it's a story about the loss of hope and the potential for hope to reemerge. Um, and, you know, a kind of uh, generic, railing against the dying of the light and you know people believing lies preferring to believe lies than confront hard harder truths um so um i i can only tell my stories really um and they will resonate with some people but they will not resonate with others i i can't control i can't control that but when they do resonate um that's that's when you know that you've you know um if you if you find people that it resonates with done its job and it can't resonate with everyone and you know it shouldn't they've got their own versions um so uh yeah i'm quite sanguine about that <laughs> well i'll tell you what you've opened my mind to it because i really have struggled with discovery i've wanted to enjoy it i wanted to li mm. i liked star trek enterprise which was another prequel to the original series mm. and and i wanted to and i just couldn't but uh because they did everything wrong quote unquote mm -hmm. you know and and uh and it wasn't right uh with canon and everything but that but the way you just opened this up here where you know now mm -hmm. it is free for another generation to enjoy star trek which is what i really do want i just want them to mm -hmm. like my star trek from 20 30 years ago and, and that's, not <laughs> fair. that's not fair and so yeah I, no i, I think as that. a as a viewer of doctor who you sort of uh, uh the one thing that we say about doctor who uh i think paul, paul cornell um possibly said this first there is no canon yeah okay yeah. just don't even don't even think yeah. that way don't it doesn't matter yeah. there's a there's a time traveling alien in a in a yeah. big box yeah and i think uh, uh, we'd you know yeah. all, any of us in star trek star wars fans which i also enjoy uh doctor mm -hmm. who any of these long running systems i think yeah. that is a good attitude to have the, the only other th thing other thing i'd say is that i think what doctor who teaches you as well is that you know if you don't like this bit if you don't yeah. like it now yeah There'll be another doctor along. Yeah, in yeah. Years. Just, just and, wait a couple of seasons, think, and we'll have a new one. Yeah. Think how much Trek we have happening now. We've got Prodigy, which is great. Yeah. We've got absolutely. Lower Decks, which is fantastic. I obviously really like Picard. Um, Discovery. I'm really. I, I thought the last episode of Discovery that I saw with um, the stuff about sentience was, uh, you know, Zora coming to sentience was some of the best Trek I've seen. I, you know, those scenes were up there with Measure, measure of the Man for me. Um, 
we've got strange new worlds to come it it's 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 a feast it's an absolute feast and um you know if you don't like just disco that's fine there's something else and if you don't like anything that's also fine i'm re-watching ds9 right now <laughs> oh yeah uh yeah that's all true um okay well i have kept you way too long oh, and, and i've just enjoyed this so much uh, i appreciate both we've re we're recording our second episode now um uh, and i hope it's been a, as much of a feast for the listeners as it has been for me as the interviewer uh, i hope you've enjoyed it as well una i've very much i've really appreciated your time thanks for coming on the show um in the final few minutes we have tell us how we can learn more about your work and connect with you as an author um, you can take a look at my website, which is uh, unamccormack.co.uk. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at unamccormack. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of Deep Space Nine rewatch stuff at the moment, so people might enjoy that. I'm usually talking about Garrick, to be honest. We don't even mention Garrick. Wow, it's not often I, I do. We get, well, we didn't delve too much into DS9. We'll have to have it's you DS9. back and talk about that. Sometime. Do that another day. Yeah, I talk a lot about him. Um, so people can find me there and um, uh, keep an eye out for my forthcoming Picard book which is called Second Self I, I think that's due out in May so not long now not long yeah it's standing invitation for you to come back and talk about it when mm. we get closer we'll, we'll I, I would love to do that these have been great questions I've really enjoyed this interview so I'd be awesome. I'd be very happy to come back well, thank you uh, and I've, I've appreciated having you here hey folks uh, thanks for listening to this episode thanks for enjoying this as much as I have I hope you have uh, subscribe to the podcast so you get these automatically downloaded to your smart device or your uh, computer and please leave a review and a, a rating when you have time. Uh, Una, thanks for joining me today. Folks, go out and get these books. They're really good books. Uh, Last Best Hope is going to set the stage, even if you've already watched the first season. Uh, it will set the stage and explain some things that have happened, as well as the heartache that's gone into the show and the reason these characters feel the way they feel. I think I can't say enough good things about it. So go get Thank it. Um, and then join me uh, uh, next week over a cup of coffee in space. Mm -hmm.